Hi everybody and welcome to part two of our series Suit Up. Last week Jason uh, did an amazing uh, intro to the series and if you haven't listened to it yet or watched it yet you are um, able to download it from our website or one of the podcast apps but he really did a great intro into how we can be strong, how we can resist the enemy and how we can take territory. And he also focused on relationships, how um, some relationships are just based on facts. You know, it's just face-to-face, -face, you know each other um, superficially, you're friendly with each other. Then the other relationship are, is based on feelings. It's, you know, you know each other a little bit more intimately. Uh, you, you don't share the deepest secrets, but you are friendly with each other. And then you have relationships that are called formation. And that's when you have a personal, intimate relationship with someone who knows very much about your life and who has your back. And they actually call that back-to-back. -back. So as I said, if you haven't listened to it yet, I can't encourage you enough to download it and take a listen. But today we're going to get into part two, and we're going to look at the very first armor that Paul refers to in Ephesians 6. But before we get into that, I just want to read Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 18. You can follow along with me on the screen. From verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So today, we are going to focus on the first piece of armor, the belt of truth. And that comes from Ephesians 6 verse 14. So just to reiterate, that says, stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist. Now, I can remember so clearly the very, very first course that I did at church when just a, few, a year or so after I became a Christian called My Destiny in God. I was so excited to do this course because I really wanted to know more about God. I wanted to understand more about the truth of who God is and of who Jesus is. And I was so excited and keen to learn. And I must say that week after week sitting in the course, I really learned so much about, um, you know, that God loved me more than I could ever imagine, that he had a plan for my life, um, that he really wanted great things for me. But I can remember this one week specifically that was like such a revelation for me. It was a day when I realized something for the first time, and that is that, I'm in, that I was a new creation 
in Jesus Christ, that, that by giving my heart to him, by starting a relationship with him, I was a new creation. But not only that, the person leading the course spoke about me being a child of God. And that evening even referred to uh, the ladies in the class as being daughters of a king. And this blew my mind. I couldn't believe that I was actually a daughter of the king. As someone who hadn't grown up with a great idea of being a daughter to someone, this was absolutely um, such an amazing revelation to me. And, and it meant so much to me. And I, I left the course that evening really feeling um, like I was able to, to go into the world and, and proclaim that I'm a daughter of the king. But as amazing as that revelation was, it didn't last very long because I, I wasn't standing on the promise of that every single day as I should have been. I wasn't taking up the armor that God has, had given me. I wasn't believing that for my everyday life. I wasn't spending time with Jesus as I should have been. You know, I was missing days where I was spending time with him. Um, I wasn't getting into the word as I should have. And I really felt like I, that I was allowing myself to be deceived and to be lied to by the enemy. And I started believing that, you know, uh, you know, on the days when I would feel insecure, I believed that, well, I would never really be good enough for God to fully accept me. I would never be good enough for God to fully forgive me. And I started believing the lies. And Looking back, I just realized that had I been intentional in spending time with Jesus, had I been intentional in looking into the word and seeing the truth of who Jesus was, that I would have been able to stand firm on the promises of God's truth, that I would have been able to stand firm in believing that he does love me and that he does have a plan for me. And so the reason I'm sharing this with you today is because I want that for each and every one of you. I want you to be able to know that Jesus is the truth. And it actually says in John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is actually saying that he is the truth. And so in a world where there are so many truths based on people's opinions, these words are a true anchor for our souls. Jesus and the word of God represent absolute truth. And the idea of absolute truth cannot be separated from the life of Jesus and from the Bible. We can't separate them. So Jesus is truth. And why is truth such an important part of the armor of God? And what does it have to do with a belt? So before I get into that part, I actually want to just unpack why the Roman, or why it was so important that the Roman soldiers wore a belt. Now, a belt was the first piece of equipment that a soldier would put on when he was getting ready for battle. He would put this belt on and the rest of his armor would, would come on after that, but the belt would secure everything in place. And once the, the soldier had everything on and the belt was tightened, then you would know he was ready for battle. He would be able to go out into the battlefield ready with the belt holding everything together. And out of interest, the Roman military belt was actually a status symbol as well. Um, the Roman soldiers would wear their belt on, when they were on duty and when they were off duty. They would 
like loosen it a bit when they were off duty, but they wore that belt all the time because it was actually um, how you identified them. It became a badge of identification. And that's how people knew that they were Roman soldiers. Um, in fact, it was so important to them that if they stepped out of line, if they did something that deserved discipline, their superiors would actually take the belt from them as a form of punishment, like public punishment, that people would know that their belt had been removed from them. Now, when Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, he was in prison being guarded by Roman soldiers. So he would have had a lot of opportunity and a lot of time to watch the Roman soldiers and to look at their armor and to um, you know, really think about each piece of armor and what the armor did to protect the soldier. And so he used it as a metaphor to explain the importance of why we as Christians need to put on the full armor of God. In other words, using every weapon that God has given us and, and using it in our everyday life and to be able to stand firm with those weapons, with what he has given us so that we can fight the evil schemes of the enemy. And if the belt was a central piece of the Roman soldier's identity, then taking up the belt of truth you know, actually um, surrounding yourself, strapping yourself in with the belt of truth should be central, should be a central part of our identity. Jesus needs to be a central part of our identity. And so there are three things in the Bible um, that I want to mention to you today that actually reveals uh, the truth to us, that actually helps us to know and experience Jesus and how this can change our lives. So the first point today is that experiencing Jesus sets us free. You will often hear this verse quoted, the truth will set you free. But what does it really mean? You know, it's something that we hear often, the truth will set you free, the truth will set you free. But very often when we really think about it, what does that really mean? Now, telling the truth is definitely better than feeling guilty from lying to friends or to loved ones. There's nothing worse than carrying that guilt of knowing that we've lied to someone that we care about. But that, that actually falls short of the original meaning of that verse. So let's take a look at John 8 from verse 31, where Jesus says, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So he's talking to a group of people, and he's actually telling them that they will know the truth if they follow him, and that the truth will set them free. But now these people who were listening to Jesus thought that he was referring to a physical bondage, a, a physical trap. And so they questioned him, and in verse 33 we read, but we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to any, anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? They wanted to understand what Jesus meant. And so Jesus' response uh, was to tell them that the truth, which is to know and experience Jesus, would free them from the bondage of sin. And he replies to them in verse 34. He says, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Everyone, no one is exempt. If you sin, 
you can become a slave to sin. And so what happens is, is that sin is a weight that can trap us, that can prevent us from living the life that God has intended for us. In Hebrews 12 verse 1, sin is actually referred to a weight that slows us down and trips us up. So when we have weight, it slows us down from living out God's purpose for us, and it trips us up, it causes us to stumble in trying to live out his purpose for us. Now, you've probably been hearing me talk about strapping on the belt of truth, you know, surrounding yourself with Jesus, experiencing him, experiencing him so that you can be set free. And you might be thinking, oh my gosh, but I don't know that much about Jesus. I don't know that much about the Bible. I, I, you know, I, I don't even know all the books of the Bible. I want to encourage you that you don't need to panic. If you're anything like Jason, then my husband tends to be very analytical and deep and wants to think about everything and understand it um, and unpack it. And basically, yeah, like there, there's nothing left after he's had a go at it so that he knows that he has understood it, that he, that he gets it, and so that then he truly knows that he would be able to be set free. But that's not how God works. You see, maybe you are that analytical, maybe you are that deep thinker, but I want to encourage you that you just need to start where you are. If you know one thing about Jesus, if you've accepted Jesus and, as, a, as your personal savior, if you want to take him take him up every day into your life and surround yourself with him, put the belt of truth on, if that's all you know, if you know one verse in the Bible, then start with that. That's where you start. You just take what you know and then the rest of the time, it's a journey. You start a journey that helps you to discover more about Jesus, that helps you to unpack more of the word and actually um, discover who God is. Um, has created you to be. And so you can be secure in starting where you are. You can be secure in that, what, in that what you know about Jesus today is enough to set you free. But you just have to be intentional about spending time with Jesus so that you can experience him and get to know him more. And so experiencing and following Jesus and stripping off the weight of sin is what sets us free. And at our church, we have a life group called Freedom that I want to recommend to everybody. If you've not done Freedom, please will you sign up um, to find out when the next life group will be happening because Freedom is a great place to actually experience being set free where you can deal with things from your past, you can deal with things that have been spoken over you, you can deal with issues um, and maybe beliefs that have been um, in your life from childhood, you're not even sure why you believe them, then freedom is a great place to do that. And freedom does for people today what I believe destiny in God did for me about 20 years ago. So if you haven't done freedom, please do sign up for that. And then the second point today is experiencing Jesus combats lies. The enemy otherwise known as the devil, is referred to as the father of lies in John 8 verse 44, and he will do whatever it takes to disarm us of the truth. He doesn't want you to believe in Jesus. He doesn't want you to rely on Jesus. 
He wants to disarm you. And so every lie finds its source in the father of lies. And before Jesus started his ministry, he went into the wilderness for 40 days where he fasted. And during that time, the enemy came to tempt him three times. Three times, Satan used scripture and twisted it around to try and tempt Jesus to give in to his lies. But Jesus overcame the temptation because he stood on the truth of God's word. And you might think, okay, but but Jesus could do that because he's Jesus. No, the same thing is available to us today. We can stand firm on God's truth. And the truth is that Jesus is available to us. All we have to do is just surround ourselves with him and experience him and get to know him more. And then he will help us to stand against the lies of the enemy and, and deception The enemy loves to deceive us, and the word of God and Jesus will help us to stand firm against that. And sometimes we want to avoid truth. Let's be honest. There are some truths that we think, oh, if anyone knew that about me, that would be terrible. I don't want anyone to know that. Or if anyone finds out about the lie that I told, um, I will be caught out, and, and they'll never forgive me. Sometimes we just want to avoid the truth. And then we're tempted sometimes to say, well, you know what? This is my truth, and that's your truth. As if truth changes. The Bible tells us that there is only one truth. Jesus, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And people try to say, yes, okay, You know, your truth is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, but God is love. Surely I can have my truth and you can have your truth. But in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 6, this is what it says about love. That love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So love and truth actually go hand in hand. And we also need to be set apart for God's purpose. We need to be sanctified. Another way of explaining sanctified is to say that we need to dedicate ourselves to Jesus. Experiencing a personal relationship with Jesus sets us apart from the world. And the enemy, he will come along and he will do whatever it takes to keep us from the truth. Because without truth, we can't really know God. And so the enemy will trick us and deceive and scheme and do everything he can keep to to keep us from knowing and believing the truth of who Jesus is. And he doesn't want us to know that God loves us. He doesn't want us to know that God has a plan for our lives. He doesn't want us to know that we are more than conquerors in Christ. He doesn't want us to know that we can trust him He wants us to think that he won't forgive us. He wants us to think and believe that God doesn't have a plan and purpose for our lives. And so he makes us doubt that God is even real. He makes us doubt that he's a good father. He makes us doubt that God thinks about us and wants the best for us. He wants us to doubt those things. And that's why as a church, we run Growth Track every single month because we want people to get into growth track where they can, first of all, 
find out more about God, know who God is, and then they can find freedom where they can get into um, life groups and develop relationships. Maybe that starts out face-to-face and then becomes uh, about feelings, and eventually you might meet people where you can have a back-to-back relationship where you have each other's back and you have a formation group. But Growth Track is there to help you find your place in the body of Christ, to help you find your place in the kingdom of God and find your purpose and actually be able to make a difference. And so that's a great step for next people. So if you've never done Growth Track, um, you can sign up today. 12 o'clock today, we'll be running the first week of Growth Track. And so when we allow the enemy to strip us of experiencing Jesus, we are stripped of our power. When we know who Jesus is and experience him, we won't give in to the deception of the enemy and we won't be deceived by his lies. And Jesus refers to himself as the light of the world. In John 8 verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus is the light of the world. What does light do? Light illuminates. So when light is on something, we can see it more clearly. The brighter the light, the more clear it is, the more we can see faults or dirt or a mark because of the light. And Jesus is the light of the world. And so Jesus will actually illuminate things in our lives if we are needing to make an important decision, if we are um, wanting to start a relationship with somebody and we're not sure if that is what Jesus wants for us, if we're wanting to make a business deal and we need to know if that's the right path we're going down, then Jesus can help illuminate. I'll give you an example. When you um, travel overseas, you go through passport control, and in order for the passport controller to know if your passport is, in fact, real or fake, he actually has a light that he puts your passport in, and that light illuminates and shows certain things on the passport that they know um, makes the passport real or fake. And so in the same way, when we are facing decisions, we can go to Jesus and we can actually almost you know, take Jesus, he's the truth, the word is the truth, Jesus is the word of God, and we can actually um, bring what we want to um, ask Jesus to guide us in and actually ask him to shine his light on that particular issue, on that decision we're needing to make. And he will actually help to guide us. But in order to know if it's Jesus speaking to us, we need to spend time with him. We need to experience him. We need to get up every day and wrap ourselves in the truth of who Jesus is. We need to make him central um, in our lives so that we know the difference between the enemy's lies and the truth of Jesus. Our third point is that experiencing Jesus prepares us, prepares us for our day-to-day, prepares us for the battles we might face. But please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that we're going to face battles every day, but we want to be prepared when those battles do come that we already know who Jesus is and we know the truth. Now, if you think about police officers or firefighters, when they go um, into their work situations, when a policeman is um, perhaps going into a hijacking situation, he has to be prepared. 
He can't go in there um, without a bulletproof vest on and a helmet. He needs to know that his weapons are working well. So in downtime, he needs to have been checking those weapons, practicing firing them, um, practicing with his teammates, knowing that he's fit enough. He needs to go into his situation prepared. The same with a firefighter. They can't turn up to a fire with just jeans and a T-shirt on. They need to be prepared. They need to train. They need to know the different types of fires and how to fight them. They need to know that they've got their special gear on so that they can go into the fire and not be burned. They know how to... They know how to be, they must know how to be able to use their oxygen masks so that they can cope in that environment. They need to be prepared. And so in the same way, I want to encourage you that we need to be prepared. And the way that we do that is that we spend time with Jesus. Now, I'm speaking for myself here when I say this. As Christians in the 21st century, we have so many distractions that makes it really hard for us to spend the time with Jesus that we should be doing every day. I know for me personally, to wake up in the morning and not look at my phone as the first thing that I do is really difficult. I know that the moment I pick up that phone, I'm gonna notice WhatsApps, I'm gonna notice emails, um, I might even be tempted to go on social media because there are so many things that distract us. Series is distracting. Just living day to day, shopping, driving kids, doing what we need to do, going to work every day, it's distracting. And so if we don't get up in the morning and put on the full armor of God, starting with surrounding ourselves with Jesus, what will happen is that we'll just stumble into our day. It'll be like the day will just happen to us instead of us being prepared to take the day on. And in Ephesians 2 verse 10, Paul says to us, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I think that's amazing. God actually has great things planned for us but we need to be prepared to go out and live in the things he's planned for us. So putting on the full armor of God means that you are ready at all times, that no matter what the enemy pulls out of his sleeve, you are going to be prepared because you've spent time with Jesus, you've spent time in the word, and you've spent time praying. And so Jesus then is the very first line of defense against the enemy. And when you know that and when you desire that and you are intentional about spending time with Jesus, you will be set free. You will be able to combat lies and you will be able to be prepared. And so let me ask you this question to wrap up. Are you wearing the belt of truth? Am I wearing the belt of truth? It's a question that I ask myself as I prepared this message. Putting on the armor involves knowing and spending time with Jesus. It means spending time praying and asking him to illuminate the decisions, the truth or the lies in the decisions that you need to make. Because without connecting with Jesus, we can't guard our minds. We can't keep our faith. We can't guard our hearts. Without spending time with him, we won't know how to do those things. And more than anything, we might end up being easily deceived. 
And so I just want to encourage you. This isn't about you going off now tomorrow and getting up at the crack of dawn and spending five hours with God in order to feel that you're good enough to be ready for battle. This means that just doing what you can. So if I think over the years of how I've tried to spend time with God, sometimes I do a plan on the YouVersion app. Sometimes I decide to do a book of the Bible over a few weeks. Sometimes I'll just take a day where I spend time in worship. Maybe while I'm exercising, I'll put worship on and, and I'll just pray and speak to God. You go through different seasons in your life where certain things work at certain times. It doesn't always have to be the same. So I want to encourage you to just start where you are. Don't try and think about where you want to be, but just start where you are. I want to pray for two lots of people today. If you're already in a relationship with Jesus, but you are finding it really difficult to um, carve out time to spend with Jesus, maybe it's been days or weeks or months since you've spent time with him, I want to pray for you that you will be able to be intentional to spend time with Jesus. And secondly, I want to pray for you today if you are not in a relationship with Jesus, but you'd like to start a brand new relationship with him today. I'd like to pray for you. So if you're comfortable to do this, where you are, can I ask you to close your eyes and let me pray for us. Father, I just want to thank you so much that you have given us your word, that you've given us armor, that we can go into our everyday lives with weapons to face each day as it comes. I pray God for every single person who's in a relationship with you, but is struggling to find time to spend with you. Would you please help them, God, to be intentional, to have a fresh desire to spend time with you. I pray that you would give them creative ideas as to what they can do, as to where they should read, without feeling condemned that they would actually be excited to spend time with you. And Lord, I pray for those who want to make a decision today to start a brand new relationship with you. I pray that this would be the best day of their lives as they decide to choose you. Right now, I just pray that as you accept what Jesus has done for you by dying on the cross for you, that you would believe that he is the Savior, that he is someone who died for you so that you can have a plan and a purpose, so that you can have a personal, intimate relationship with God. And I pray that every single day you would choose to journey on this relationship with him and that you would discover more and more of who he is and who he has created you to be. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.